Welcome back to take today we will be continuing with the nfl playoffs by looking back at some interesting first round results as well as looking forward to the divisional round of the playoffs this is second take where every play deserves a second look and without further ado let's get right into it by looking back at the recap of week one uh we're gonna start with the browns and the texans roland did you have any takeaways from this game um Big takeaway is my apologies to Houston. Okay, I am so glad to be wrong about this game. Let's just put it that way. Uh, I didn't stick with my heart of who I wanted to win in my prediction, and it came back to bite me. I knew it would be a blowout or either a blowout or a really close game, and it just didn't go the way that I thought it was going to go. My biggest takeaway is C.J. Stroud is already more accomplished than your boy Justin Herbert. So that's my big takeaway. Big time takeaway. Yeah, I mean, I honestly was surprised the game wasn't close. It's 45 to 14. And I know we didn't pick the Texans to win, but we did say CJ Stroud needed to be a star for them to win. He was a star sure was. and they won. Um the Texans' defense really came to play. They got two picks, four sacks, and Houston never turned over the ball. And even though Cleveland dominated, time of possession didn't matter. You know, C.J. Stroud's that guy. I think this is just cementing that even more. The fact that he had a playoff game, showed up against a good defense, and he was able to get it done. It was pretty much a perfect performance from C.J. Stroud, like we were saying uh, in our predictions for this game cj stroud needed to be perfect for them to win and he was and it turns out he probably didn't need to be uh 16 for 21 274 yards all he does is throw it deep you know what i mean three touchdowns against what was the best pass defense in football i mean the cojones on this guy for real Oh, yeah, he did everything. He proved everyone wrong. You know, rookies can win in the playoffs, apparently. And he just took it to another level. Um, turning the tide. To my the my big question oh, for yeah. you here. Yeah. Okay. After okay, that okay. performance. I know C.J. Stroud is a really young quarterback. It's his first year in the league. And it's hard not to overhype a guy that's playing this well um, at his age. But where do you have him ranked as of right now? He is the best quarterbacks in the league. He's top 10 already. Um, Somewhere probably between 7 and 10, I would say. Mostly because in the rankings, I also want to consider, can you do it multiple years? Can you do it multiple times, right? Like, even... Currently comparing him to a guy like Justin Herbert. I know Justin Herbert's had multiple good seasons. CJ Stroud has just done it once. Well, his one season has looked a lot better than a lot of what Herbert has done. It's only been one year, right? So, you know, we have one hit wonders happen all the time. So if he can do it another season and show like, hey, there's no drop off with me. I mean, it'd be hard to not put him in like top five number, like honestly top five, like because he's been playing better than guys like Jalen Hurts, who's considered a top-five QB. But 
Hertz has had more good seasons than him being two. So, you know, we just have to, I like to see the longevity part a little bit, see if you can do it multiple times, right? Kind of deal. My, okay, let's just, let's go, let's lean into the Herbert because of course I'm a Herbert hater. Yeah. Um, if you're going to pick a quarterback for the next 10 years, who are you picking? I rather have, or Justin? I'd rather have CJ Stroud. I think he has the it factor that Herbert doesn't have. I think that's probably the biggest thing with Herbert is Herbert has all of that talent. He has all of that ability, like all the talent with any of those other QBs up there, but he just doesn't have that it factor or that edge um, that kind of pushes guys to be clutch, push teams over the edge to win. And I think CJ Stroud has that. And so that's why I would pick him over Justin Herbert for the long term. 100% agree. I would take him right now over Justin Herbert. Because how many times this season did Justin Herbert either have the opportunity to close the game out, ice the game, put it on ice with a game-winning drive or a game-sealing drive and not do it, or have three, four minutes left in the fourth quarter only down three and have the ball in his hands and not be able to finish the game out? C.J. Stroud does the exact opposite. When it's time to win, all he does is do that. So I'm picking C.J. definitely over Justin Herbert, which would put him just outside the top five, probably ranked number six for me, mm-hmm. um, simply because of the fact that I can trust him in the clutch. If I need a game-winning drive, he'll do it. And we haven't seen that out of Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert, the only playoff experience we have from him is blowing a 27-point lead. C.J. Stroud, the only one that we have so far from him, is completely dismantling a team that no one thought they would beat. Let's be honest. I'd say about 90% of people expected Cleveland to win this game, and it was not even close. Well, not only that, I don't think people like myself, I didn't expect it to be 45 to 14 in favor of Houston. If Houston was winning, I thought it'd be a closer game, probably in the twenties, but they just completely picked them apart. And CJ Stroud has done nothing but exceed expectations, right? There's that Ohio state QB curse that everyone talked about, Mm -hmm. and he's easily come in and he's better than all the other Ohio state QBs ever were already. And people have just always been doubting him from the start, which I think is kind of interesting, right? He was taken second to Bryce Young. Everyone's like, oh, you know, Bryce Young's the best. He's going to be the best QB in this draft class. And, you know, he still has time to be good. But just the things we've seen out of C.J. Stroud, it feels sustainable. It doesn't feel like a fluke. So, you know, he's just going to keep going out there and proving people wrong. It's weird because... All he does is make big plays, but he's also conservative at the same time. He doesn't really have the Josh Allen issue of, you know, big player bust mentality, trying to squeeze it into three defenders. He just lets the game come to him in a way where it just looks easy for him. You know, he rarely turns the ball over. And every single pass that he throws, it seems to be 20 yards or more down the field, whether it's to Captain Kirk or Nico Collins or whatever it is, you know, it doesn't seem to matter. And it's, it's wild. It's just wild to me how this, how good this kid is. I, it, 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 we already said that he was the best rookie. I already said, I don't know if you agreed with me or not. 
I already said he was the best rookie quarterback to ever play. This just solidifies it. Yeah, he definitely is. I don't disagree with that. And, you know, speaking of stars at the QB position, if you thought C.J. Stroud was good this last week, you know, a guy who had almost the exact same stats as mm-hmm. him was Jordan Love for the Green Bay Packers. Their stat lines were basically identical. I think it was the same exact completion percentage, uh, completions, attempts, touchdowns. The yards were slightly different. But, man, the Packers absolutely demolished the Cowboys in that game. Like 48 points against what was supposed to be a good defense. Do you have any thoughts on that game? Let's start with Dallas. Uh, The most common choice for an organization like Dallas is to make a coaching change. Um. Do you think that's what's going to happen? Is is McCarthy gone after this? I'm going to say no. I don't think he's gone. I think because he has one year left on his contract. Jerry Jones already said, hey, we're going to give him that last year. We're going to see how the playoffs play out, how the next season plays out because he's under contract. I think last uh, his next season will be his last chance. Um, he's going to get one more go at it, I believe. And if they don't do anything, honestly, if they don't win the Super Bowl, he's probably gone. To be honest, even if they get close, he's probably not going to get that extension. Um, Dallas has a lot, a lot of issues um, all around. I think if Dan Quinn's still their defensive coordinator, he's probably going to be gone as a head coach. So they'll get a new DC. I mean, they definitely miss digs in this game against the Packers. I just, for sure, they just need more talent. I mean, all around their team. Honestly, I think they probably need to run the ball a little bit better, but. You know, this team's mentality, because it feels like they have the players that's good enough, but the mentality just hasn't been there for whatever reason. So I do think McCarthy gets one more year, one more chance. But then after that, I think think he's out. I I think they're going to move on from him. Already? This is a huge blunder. This was probably the most hyped Dallas team. And that's saying something, because every Dallas team that makes the playoffs is hyped. The most hyped Dallas team since Dak Prescott's first season when they went 13-3 and and Aaron Rodgers, speaking of which, same team. Yep. Uh, Green Bay makes a historic, like, look, a crazy play at the end of the game to win on a field goal. This game wasn't even remotely as competitive as that one. Uh, right from the get-go, Green Bay just slaughtered them. Uh, so I think Jerry being the type of guy that he is, with the type of coaches that are possibly out there, uh, I think he's going to make a change, man. He's definitely going to reach out to Harbaugh. <laughs> so you think just strictly the result of this game made the difference? Like, let's say the Packers beat the Cowboys on a game-winning field goal. Would you still feel this way about McCarthy and the Cowboys? Probably so. It's the first round. That's the mm-hmm. thing. If this was the second round... Or the conference final, or the you know the conference championship game, mm-hmm. maybe. But it's the first round at home against the lowest seed in the playoffs. Now, Green Bay statistically were above average in every category. Very well-rounded team. But Dallas was top five in dang near every category, right throughout the regular season. So. <clears throat> Honestly, the mere fact that they lost this game, uh, I think that's why 
Jerry's probably being a bit just just the type of guy Jerry is. You know, he there's a big fish out there, and his name is Harbaugh. Not that he's for sure leaving Michigan, but you sh- bet your bottom dollar that he is gonna reach out to him. Because why not? I mean, and to be fair, I mean, I know we both thought the Cowboys would win at least this game in the playoffs, but I mean, they only had two wins against teams with a winning record all year. I know I always bring this up with the Cowboys, but seeing this happen to them, is it weird to say I'm not really that surprised in a way? I mean, I was impressed with how Green Bay played more so than I was surprised that Dallas got killed in a playoff game. So, I I mean, that's, that's a big thing in this game as well. Like no one's really that surprised. I feel like, well, you know what coach historically doesn't get killed in the, in playoff games? Belichick. That is true. There he are two big fish free out agent there right fry. now. There are two big fish out there to catch. And it would be idiotic for Dallas to not at least reach out to him. I actually too, I want to say. I want to add in a third coach to that. I think Mike Vrabel, the Titans head coach, yes, is he's a really good as well. coach too. He had Yeah, he had one bad season. And the roster wasn't good, so it's not even his fault. They had one bad season and fired him. Basically, all the other years he was there, winning record in the playoffs. They've won playoff games before. Uh, they just never got to the Super Bowl, but he's a really good coach too. And, you know, there's definitely some guys out there. So, like you said, if there's a year to make a change, might not be the worst idea to have it be this year because you never know who's going to be available in the future. I think so, and that's why that's one of the bigger reasons why I think McCarthy's gone. Not only did they completely suffer a historic blundle or blunder <clears throat> in the first round of the playoffs against Green Bay again, um, but there are. This is probably one of the best and most stacked NFL free agent class, like free agent coaching classes. And not a, mm-hmm. I don't even know if that made any sense what I just said, <laughs> but the coaches that are available this summer, this. You know, this offseason, I don't think we've seen that in a while. Belichick, Rabel, Harbaugh, you know, kind of his name has been floating out there. So, and for a competent and confident coach, you need both of those things. Uh, Dallas would be probably on top of everyone's list. Yeah, I mean, if they're definitely to open up a coaching spot as in a situation that you could go into and not have to rebuild a team. Like a few changes here and there, but you're not overhauling the entire roster and starting from scratch, which should definitely be appealing to a guy at least like Harbaugh, because I don't think he's just going to come into any situation and become a head coach, right? Like, I don't think he's going to go coach the Carolina Panthers. Uh, I don't think he's interested in that kind of a job. So, you know, when I think Harbaugh, I think more like Chargers or um, Dallas if it was open, but... You know, we'll see what happens. But also, shout out to Green Bay. I mean, the youngest team to ever make the playoffs comes in and they get a win. Jordan Love was an absolute star in that game. You know, he's definitely starting to turn it up. And Dallas could not stop Aaron Jones. 115 yards, three touchdowns. Um, They're moving on to play San Francisco next round. Yeah, dude. That's the other side of this coin. Jordan Love really did play spoiler. I mean, Aaron Jones had a monster game, too. But we've known he's a capable and elite talent at the running back position. 
he's just been dealing with some injuries here and there, especially this season. Yeah. He was out for a good chunk of it. Um, but a star truly was born in Dallas yet again. Jordan Love, you know, 16 to 21, 272 yards, three touchdowns, dang near identical to what Stroud did to Cleveland. My question for you on this side of the coin for this game is Green Bay, are they the most spoiled quarterback franchise in the history of the NFL? If Jordan Love turns out like it, his trajectory is going, they might just be because how often do you draft a guy, let him sit for a few years, and then they come out and they're just a star for over a decade? That doesn't happen to any franchise except for the Packers except for so Green far. Bay. And honestly, I think they're doing it better than everyone else because if you look at – I honestly – because I think the NFL is different than the NBA. NBA, you want to give rookies experience and minutes. And maybe in the NFL that can be true for other positions. But I think you can ruin young quarterbacks if you put them in too early, especially with bad talent and a bad roster around them. Just because they're starting to develop all these bad habits. you know, They have all this pressure on them to be the one, to be great, to turn it all around. And I think it benef- really does benefit young guys at the quarterback position to sit and wait for a couple of years while you build up your roster and then get the chance to play. I mean, that's how Green Bay's done it, and it's worked out really well for them the last three times as it looks like Jordan Love could be their next franchise guy for the next decade. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, again, they take another you know semi-late first-round pick at the quarterback position back when Jordan Love got selected. No Green Bay Packer fan liked the pick. Everyone honestly thought it was stupid. Yeah. Aaron Including Rogers. myself. It was a questionable pick. I was like, why are you reaching for Jordan Love out of all the quarterbacks? You know, they could have probably done the same thing with a plenitude of other quarterbacks. But they saw something in him, you know, out of Utah State. And they they took the big risk. They pissed off Aaron Rodgers, and eventually he left because of it, most likely, you know. And it paid off for him. It's ridiculous, dude. It is absolutely insane how lucky they are to have a potentially 30-plus years, 40 if this guy plays for another 15, you know, 10 to 15 years, of quality quarterback play. Now, the real thing is, is, while simultaneously being spoiled at the quarterback position, two Hall of Famers already in Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre. If Jordan Love even comes close to that and only have a couple of Super Bowls to, to show for it, that's the other side of this, is they better start actually winning if they're really... Because the mere fact that they only won one with one of the most talented quarterbacks to ever play, Aaron Rodgers, you start to begin to question... Okay, they have a great eye for quarterbacks, but they're very questionable at everything else in terms of their selections. Yeah, so. I mean, I think it the well, just the, the most amazing fact is if they do go those 30, 40 years with having that great QB success, that's only going to be between three guys, mm-hmm. which is absolutely exactly. insane. You look at teams like the Colts or the Broncos and how many QBs they've gone through in the just Browns. the last 10 years, the Cleveland Browns in the 2000s. Like, these teams are getting a new guy in every single year, and the Packers have never had that issue. But, yeah, like you said, they got to um, 
get better at building a team as a whole around these quarterbacks because Brett Favre, I don't think he ever made the Super Bowl with the Packers. And, you know, um, Aaron Rodgers won one. And they they got to find a way to get over that hump because they were always a successful playoff team as well. They could just never make it to the Super Bowl. So um, we'll have to see what happens. I mean, they got a good young team right now. They have a lot to, to build upon. So um, hopefully they're able to figure out because that could be really fun for the NFL to have two guys in Jordan Love and CJ Stroud just competing every year along a guy like maybe Patrick Mahomes. So so Brett Favre won a Super Bowl in 1997 with the Green Bay Packers. Um, and then Aaron Rodgers won in 2009, was it? They beat the Steelers. I know that. Yeah, 2008-2009 in that era. area. It's one of those two years. So basically over the past 30 years – with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, two Hall of Famers, they only have two Super Bowl rings to show for it. You know, Tom Brady's got seven. Peyton Manning's got two. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Patrick Mahomes already has two, right? Okay, but I, I have a question now for you. So let's say, you, let's say you do— Excellent quarterback play. Yeah, let's say you do have a quality franchise QB who's a star— who you can have for 15 years be really good. What do you think is a reasonable number of Super Bowl wins to have in that stretch? Because Tom Brady got seven, but Fair. that's that's crazy. You know, all the other guys, like even Peyton Manning, you said he you named he had two. What do you think is a reasonable a reasonable number to be able to get? If you have a bona fide Hall of Famer at the quarterback position, I think one a decade is reasonable mm. so maybe two total? so they should have at least one more mm -hmm. between the brett Favre and aaron Rodgers era the aaron Rodgers era ever since he won the super bowl has been underwhelming because they would re they would regularly perform exceptionally well in the regular season and then kind of pull a dallas every playoffs you know what i mean underperform mm -hmm. in the playoffs um brett Favre, i know he had a lot of turnover issues um, but the dude was able to make it to the Super Bowl with Green Bay, with Minnesota, you know. Uh, so there definitely is something going on with Green Bay as far as building a team around these talented quarterbacks. But how lucky are they, man? I do think this guy has top 10 potential in the NF in the league. Um, he's getting close he has, already. He's getting maybe close. has top five potential in the league, you know. It's just so hard because that position is so loaded right now. Um, but they definitely found the quarterback for the future, which is more than half the league can say. So, yeah. Well, speaking of franchise QBs, the other playoff game that happened with two teams that believe they have their franchise guy, Kansas City beat Miami 26 to 7 in the extreme cold. What are your thoughts on this game? My only take, I mean, we, we predicted this, right? Yeah. In a pretty even split statistically, give me Patrick Mahomes. Uh, my two takeaways were Rashi Weiss, Rashi Rice had himself a breakout game, eight receptions, 130 yards, a touchdown grab. He's finally solidified himself as the true number one target, uh, at least true number one receiver for Patrick Mahomes to kind of build off of into the future, which is 
great to see because for the first half, first 10, 12, the entire regular season, <laughs> we didn't know whether or not Patrick Mahomes would be able to throw it to anybody. Mm-hmm. So that is a wonderful sight to see. But the main takeaway that I have from this is can Miami's play style ever be trusted to win important games? Yeah, and you know, we'll get to KC later, so I'm not too worried about them right now. But Miami, man, just really underwhelming. And it's funny because I really like Mike McDaniel, McDaniel too, their head coach. I really think, I know they only scored seven points, but I really think they just they need to upgrade that defense and the offensive line. Because that offensive line they had this year was the same offensive line two years ago that gave Tua all those concussions or let guys through so he could get smacked like that. And their play style, I do think it's possible, right? They remind me a lot of the Broncos when they had Peyton Manning on offense when they just had so many guys and so many weapons. But the difference is, the biggest difference is the defenses are not they're not the same as that Broncos team. This defense is below average. Like, let's be honest. It's a below average defense. Um, You know, I know Casey got a lot of field goals, but I think that just says more about Casey than it does Miami's defense. Um, It's been that way all year. Yeah. And look, this team just didn't do what they needed to do. They didn't step up in big moments like they've done all year. They were kind of like the Dallas Cowboys um, of the AFC is what they really were. That's what we've been saying all year, right? Until they showed us otherwise that they could win a meaningful game, I was never going to pick them in a playoff matchup. Yeah. And lo and behold, that's what happened, right? Another big difference between uh, Miami and the Broncos teams that made it to -to back-to-back Super Bowls. uh, Well, not back-to-back, but two and a three-year span. Yeah. One of them had Peyton Manning as a quarterback, right? So, Which helps. Is, is Tua really an elite quarterback, or is he more benefiting from a system that has Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, and Mike McDaniels as a coach? I think Tua is a good quarterback. I mean, he's played like a top 10 guy the last two years. Um, I wouldn't be mad if anyone put him around that mark. I mean, he's for sure a top 15 kind of quarterback. I just don't know if he'll ever be the absolute superstar of the team, if that makes sense. Like, I don't think he'll ever be a Patrick Mahomes, a Josh Allen, a Joe Burrow. I don't think he'll ever be that. But that doesn't mean he's not going to be a coveted QB in the NFL for 10 or so years because having a top 15 guy, you're at least giving yourself – a chance and a start to be able to win football games and win big time football games. And, you know, I think he can definitely be that kind of guy. Just, I don't see him with that like top five superstar kind of ceiling. I agree. I agree. I think he's, you know, no, no shame in Philip and no shame or shade thrown at Philip rivers, but that's kind of what I see, you know, he maybe cracks the top five every now and then, but he's just a solid quarterback that benefits from having a lot of talent around him and in a system that works for him. Uh, the problem is, is they completely abandoned the run game. They just didn't even try. Yeah. And they were playing catch up from the very beginning in hey. a game where everyone's helmets were breaking because it was too cold. So 
I I said if they wanted to win, they had to run the football, and it's true. They just they didn't do that. They even have good running backs. Like they have the they have the horses to do it, but they just didn't do it. So, you know, that's a little questionable right there. I know when you get down, especially in a playoff game, it's easy to just kind of say, hey, you know, we're just gonna throw up, try to catch up in this game. But I mean, Kansas City only scored twenty six points. I mean, I'm pretty sure they could have scored twenty six points, Miami, by running the football. I mean, they would have probably been able to do better than seven. So, yeah. So disappointing end, uh, but honestly, we saw it coming. So, yeah. And then moving on to the next game of the weekend, we had the Lions beat the Rams twenty-four to twenty-three in Stafford's revenge, or not Stafford's revenge, Goff's, Goff's revenge, revenge yes. and Stafford's return to Detroit. Did you have any thoughts on this game? No, I mean it lived up to what we expected. Both well. Matthew Stafford was excellent in this game. Honestly, uh, heading into it, especially this year, I started to question, okay, is he kind of slipping a little bit? You know, he's getting up there in age. He's got a couple years more left on his contract. You know, this team's really young. He's been kind of injured here and there with some pestering injuries. I know his thumb was kind of hurting. You know, he's had shoulder injuries. So I was like, you know, does he still got it? And the biggest thing that I got out of this game is yes. You know, he threw for 362, 370 yards dang near, two touchdowns, and every play that it seemed to need a big play, he put the ball where it needed to be. Now, there were some questionable no calls watching this game uh, as far as pass interference goes, but I'm not going to pretend like I care because I'm not necessarily a Lions or a Lions or a or a Rams fan. Um, but he was exceptional in this game. And he definitely is a better quarterback than Goff. But Goff got the win. And Amon St. Brown made all the plays. He's very That's good, the yes. The uh yeah, you know, uh Matthew Stafford had a bounce back year. The Rams had a bounce back year. They did really good in the draft. They had two rookies, nine sacks, eight sacks on the year to lead all rookies in sacks. They drafted Puka Nakua, made second team all pro. He balled out in this game. Uh, Rams actually have a pretty good future, I would say, um, especially if they're, you know, developing talent, picking more good young guys. Uh, you know, as long as Stafford's good, they're going to have a chance to be a very competitive team. Uh, Jared Goff, I thought he was pretty good in this game. You know, St. Brown is just showing that he's special. Absolutely. And, you know, the Lions... They're getting over the hump, right? I mean, they've never won a playoff game in my lifetime. And, you know, a big chunk of their fans have never seen them in the playoffs winning a playoff game. And they're able to get over that hump. And they have another chance to continue proving themselves next week at home again. Yeah, I, I'm very glad that they won, even though I picked the Rams to win. Um, it just seems every time I pick against the Lions, they end up winning. But it's the team that I wanted to win. Right, it's easy to root for a team that's perpetually sucked. As someone that's not necessarily a fan of either team that's playing, always root for the underdog, and the Lions will always be an underdog in my book because they've just sucked forever. So glad to see it. Um, my funny, the funniest thing watching this game, bro, was they were showing all these graphics of ex players like Calvin Johnson, Barry Sanders that played for the Lions. They show a little graphic 
of Eminem because he's from Detroit, right? He owns a lot of restaurants. Mom's spaghetti, vomit on the sweater already. You know what I mean? Type of deal. And then they flash over to this guy who's had season tickets for 60 years. Yep. And I'm like, who the heck is that guy? Why should we care? But then I'm like, this guy has sat there for 30 plus years of terrible football play. And it was, that's all they showed. They showed him more than they showed the team celebrating. Yeah, they, hey, that guy deserves something from that team. Like, that's some loyalty right there. Like, oh, they they haven't won a playoff game in so long, and he was been there for the whole ride, man. Like, that that's a real fan right there, a real trooper for sure. And he's probably one of the happiest guys out there right now after seeing them win that game. He's probably going to be at their next game too. So Yeah. All in all, the future's bright in L.A. They need to revamp that defense. Uh, Puka's a star. Cup's a star. Stafford is still an elite caliber quarterback that can make plays. Um, they just need to beef up that defense. And maybe lean on the running game a little bit more. They had the run game going. They had a lot and, of big explosive yeah. plays, but they just they seem to just want to keep passing the ball, which kudos to them. They can move the ball down the field. Um, but I feel like a little bit more balanced attack, and this team could be scary yet again. Yeah, you know, Kyron Williams is actually a second-year guy too, and he had a really good season considering he missed a couple games, rushed for over a 1,000 rushing yards. Um, it's definitely a guy we could see, you know, turn up into more of a star-caliber running back in the next year or two, especially just because that's kind of how running backs go. You know, they get four or five years, and then the team cuts them off. So, you know, yeah. I'm sure they'll get their usage sure. out of him next year for sure. <laughs> so, and then moving on to another very cold game like Kansas City, one that actually got rescheduled to Monday, the Bills beat the Steelers 31 to 17. Josh Allen, I don't if unless he had a fumble I didn't see, had no turnovers in that game. I said that's what he needed to do for the Bills to secure the win. They were able to do it. What are your thoughts on this game? All right. Everybody in the comment section that was on our last video about this subject, the Pittsburgh versus Buffalo. Where are you? I'm sorry, Pittsburgh fans. I, I'm sorry to be the beacon of truth, the slap of reality. But your offense blows, okay? And it has been since Roethlisberger lost his arm, okay? For the past five years, ever since Miles Garrett almost decapitated Rudolph in that one game, your offense has sucked. Nothing has changed I don't care about a three-week stint at the end of the regular season where one of those games they only scored 17 points, which in today's NFL is way below average. I don't care. Your offense sucks. So come at me when your team can average more than 24 points a game. I had to get that off my chest. But Josh Allen was way more Superman and less Clark Kent in this game. Four total touchdowns. He basically accounted for all their points, okay? And if he can play like that, they'll win the AFC. But, you know, will he every single game? Because that's what's going to take. Yeah. 
yeah. We'll, we'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that in our in our Bills Chiefs preview. But you know, Steelers. I'm not really surprised they. I didn't really think they could win this game unless Josh Allen kind of gave it to them. Um, Steelers, they do have a lot to work with in terms of their running game and building on that defense. They just need to figure out their quarterback situation because I don't think Kenny Pickett's the guy. I don't think don't Mason think Rudolph's the, the guy. Like, we've seen Mason Rudolph play, like, have a chance to start before this year, too. And we knew he wasn't the guy. He came in and helped them make the playoffs. Um, and he was probably the best QB they had this year. Yes, true, but still not good enough to win them a playoff game when it just comes down to it. Um, so I can't really say I'm that surprised about the Steelers. Um, it'll the, be interesting. The big, thing with, the big thing with them is they're perpetually decent enough to kind of squeeze into the wild card game or be be in the conversation towards the end of the year. So they're not really bad enough to have a high enough pick to pick or select a high-level quarterback prospect. You know what I mean? So they're well, perpetually in the Kenny Pickett range. Yeah. You know, the Mason Rudolph range. You you so say that's that, the issue. but... You say that, but the Packers, you know, they got Jordan Love okay. at 24. Like, like I they, said, they're... They're the luckiest organization in football, okay? Yeah. We already discussed that. Hey, to be fair, though, to be fair, like, if they find a guy they can like, like, they like, they can go get that guy. Like, they kind of just picked Kenny Pickett because it was a neat pick that year, I feel like. Like, they needed a guy, and he was the best guy of that season, and he fell um, to them. But I just... The, I think the biggest question is, will Mike Tomlin be back? Because he has one more year on his deal, I think. But either way, there's a lot of rumors that he might not be there. And he was a head coach yet, as well as the other three guys that we had talked about earlier. I do think it'd be a mistake to get rid of him personally, but we'll see what happens with that situation. Yeah, I hope they can hold on to him. I mean, he's a really good coach. The teams that he this gives team, them a chance to make the playoffs. Yeah, like honestly, every year. So they really do just need a quality quarterback, and you know, they have talented receivers. They yeah. just haven't had have a running back to them. Yeah. So you don't really know what this skill, what the skill position players, what their ceiling is yet because they are constantly around a quarterback that's, let's face it, not capable enough to win you big-time games and playoff games. All right, that's what it's come down to. You need a Josh Allen, you need a Patrick Mahomes, you need, or you just need an insane amount of talent around With a top, with like a top 15 guy as your quarterback. Yeah, and still, he needs to be on the better half of quarterbacks, right? Mm -hmm. And they haven't had that for five years. So until they get that, this team's not going to win much of anything. I feel like they kind of this was their kind of ceiling with their current roster. Like I don't think with what they have, they could be much better than this. Honestly, I think they overachieved this year. The mere fact yeah. that they made the playoffs, I thought was an overachievement. So, especially in yeah. the division that they were in. Well, talking about teams that did not overachieve. And underachieved quite significantly, actually. The Bucks beat the Eagles 32 to 9. The Eagles were what, 10 and 1, and they ended 11 and 6 or 11 and 7. 
like completely fell off. <laughs> what do you think about this game? Well, hate to say it again, but we called it. You know. Yeah, I kind of had the feeling about this. Um, it was just one of those gut picks, man. That Philly just looked terrible at the end of the year, and Tampa Bay got it rolling, even though they were playing, you know, not the best competition, but. A win's a win, and momentum is momentum. And they came out, and they just smacked them. They were able to do anything they wanted offensively, and they didn't really let the Eagles get going at all. You know, yeah. Baker Mayfield, 22 uh, for 36, 337 yards, three touchdowns. I mean, accuracy-wise, wasn't fantastic. Um, but, man, Kelsey retired after this. You know, he's yeah. done. He is. That defense is still awful. So they have a lot of stuff that they need to fix. Yeah, I think the biggest thing was the pass defense in that game. That was becoming more and more and more of an issue as the season kept going on, which I'm kind of surprised about because they have Darius Slay. Um, they have Roby, former Bronco. I mean, he was good when he was there. He has not been good with the Eagles, but like... They have players who are supposed to be decent in that secondary, and they cannot stop anyone. Um, there was a player, I forgot his name, but shout out to him. He had uh, his first career touchdown at like age 29 in the playoffs against this Eagle secondary when he took off and ran for like 40 yards on a little you know, 10-yard completion. Like They just got anything they wanted, uh, Tampa Bay, in the air against this Eagles team, and the Eagles didn't score enough. You know, they also fell apart on the offensive side. Um, they also might have to revamp that offensive line a little bit. Kelsey's gone, but that line also started to get worse, like the secondary as the season went on. So they definitely have some things they can improve upon and get better at. And, you know, if they still struggle next year, I know Nick Sirianni made the Super Bowl, but if these struggles continue, his job will probably be in question because it's Philadelphia, right? Tough sports town. Uh, a lot of pressure. Fans are all up there. So the Eagles are going to be a team to watch this offseason, I think, for sure. Because they they got to be looking to make some splashes. I agree. I mean, they have the talent to be competitive for a Super Bowl run. Right? So there's going to be a lot of fireworks going in that division. With, with Philly and Dallas, man, a lot of change is going to be coming. That's what I feel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, anything else on last week's matchups before we move into our uh, divisional predictions? No, let's dive right into it. Okay, let's do it. We are starting on the NFC side. We have the 49ers, the one seed against the Packers, who upset that Dallas team. Um, who do you have to win this game? It's funny because statistically, it's very close. Right, it's or close to what we saw with Dallas. Yeah, you know, you've got Green Bay, who's just an above-average team at everything. There's not really a weakness there. Um, they have a good run game. Jordan loves a good quarterback. Their defense is a bend or bend and not break type of defense. Um, so they're just solid across the board. San Francisco is top three in everything. Right, they probably have one of the three best skill position units in football, if not the best, in my opinion, they are. They have a quarterback that doesn't really make a ton of mistakes, and they have a top three talented defense in the NFL, as well as one of the best coaches in Kyle Shanahan. 
So I've been picking San Francisco since the beginning of the year. I'm not going to stray away from that. Not even their little three-game skid. Got me a little bit nervous, but it didn't really sway my opinion about them. So I think San Francisco finally ends this little magic run that Green Bay is going on. Yeah, I mean, and looking at this game, there are a couple things that stand out to me. Like the one weakness on the Packers, really, because like you said, they're kind of just above average on everything, is that rush defense, I think, in this game. Um, so I'm CMC going with the, gonna eat. Yeah, I'm going with the Niners to win this game. I think this is the game where the Packers' rush defense does get exposed by McCaffrey. Maybe Debo Samuel gets some runs. I think the Niners are going to run all over them. The lowest ranking the Niners have kind of across the board, they're 14th in passing yards allowed which is above average um but packers offense is 12th in passing yards per game in the regular season Pretty even yeah i think jordan there, love yeah. i still think jordan love's gonna have a good game i don't think the oh, packers yeah. are gonna completely fall and get demolished um i think they'll be competitive um but in order for green bay to win honestly they probably need an offensive showing similar to what they had against the Cowboys. I don't think they need 48 necessarily, but they got to have another big time offensive showing and they got to win the turnover battle, right? Dallas was able to get a lot of yards against Green Bay, um, but Green Bay just kept scoring and then turned the ball over. But I don't think they're going to be able to stop this 49ers run game specifically. And the Niners might get a couple of big plays because they're running the ball so well. So I got to go with the Niners to win. Yeah, this game has, you know, slightly competitive written all over it. It's just, you know, Green Bay might be within striking distance for most of the game. And the score might not show how accurate or accurately reflect how the game actually was. But I do think San Francisco definitely walks away with a less than comfortable victory. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I... I just this team man, it's it's their year. I've been saying it. Nothing cha changes that for me. Yeah. So we'll see what happens there. But moving on to the other game on that side, the Lions and the Buccaneers in Detroit. Mm. What a matchup mm. we get. Where are you going, Roland? Gotta love it, man. This is just a team that I thought was going to suck so bad this year and definitely overachieved. Versus a team that has always sucked, but everybody kind of saw this coming, right? Them winning the division, being a solid team. Ooh. Every time I pick against the Lions. You're so tempted. I, I can tell. I can tell. <laughs> Every time, dude. They, I've, I've picked against them basically all year, right? I, I thought that the Vikings or the Packers might have a chance to win the division, so I didn't pick the Lions. Um. I picked the Rams last week, you know. So every single time I pick against them, they prove me wrong. But, man, I got to go with Tampa Bay, dude. I got to do it. I wow. Go just one more wow. time. Wow. I didn't know you are such a Baker Mayfield fan All here. Right. They've proved me time and time again, but something tells me inside my loins, Shadi. <laughs> oh, man. That Baker will shock the world again, okay? Probably won't happen. And, you know, good news to Lions fans listening or watching this. 
because that means your team will probably win. Because every time I pick against them, they win. Every time I pick for them, they lose. So I'm going with Tampa Bay in a very close battle. It's gonna, it's not gonna be like last week. It's gonna be very similar to the Rams game, in terms of it's probably gonna be around the same score, 23, 24 points. You know, one big stop or the last drive. It's gonna come down to that last possession. Very similar to what happened against LA. Um, and I'm just picking Tampa Bay because I have a gut feeling. Statistically, I shouldn't, you know, um, even though it's pretty similar in terms of it's a really high power offense and a suspect defense versus Tampa Bay's very opportunistic defense uh, with a mediocre offense. But man, I just, something tells me that Baker Mayfield is going to shock the world again. You know, much like yourself, I'm going to keep doing what I've been doing all year. And pick the Lions to win. Yeah, I picked them enough. to win the division. I like them better than the Cowboys coming into the playoffs. I think if San Francisco doesn't make it to the Super Bowl, the Lions would be next in line. And I'm not straying from that. I'm still going with my original pick uh, for the Lions to win this game and to go play the Niners. Uh, I think they take advantage of the uh, the Bucks' poor pass defense. They were yeah. 29th in pass defense going against the second-best pass offense. Um, the Bucks are also the worst run offense and the lions have a great run defense and i think they can focus on playing um the pass defense and try to take away the pass i don't even think they have to try to take away the run game against um tampa bay because i think they can just do it well in a pass defense because yeah, tampa bay's so I agree. bad at rushing the ball um and for the bucks to have a chance as well i believe baker has to have a game like he did against the eagles um but that team kind of imploded and the lions are a much better team, I believe. But, you know, if the Lions have a weakness, it is that pass defense. That's why I think the Lions will really stack up on their pass defense. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I think if the Bucks even want a chance in this game, Baker has to do his best to take advantage of that. But I don't think he's going to be able to. I don't think he's be. I just think they have a much better roster. So Detroit. Detroit's going to win that game. Yeah. Detroit's probably going to win. I just, I got to stay consistent, man. You know, wow. Something inside the loins. It's my gut. Says, hey, Tampa Bay might do it again. And I would rather be wrong about Tampa Bay, you know, or right about Tampa Bay winning this game and have a nine to one, a 90% chance of being wrong, but have that 10%, that 10% chance of being right. It's just too sweet. It's too sweet oh, to pass up. But you're right. I mean, Detroit's probably going to win this ish. It's going to be a monumental task for Baker Mayfield or for Tampa Bay to pull this off. Hey, that's what people thought about against Philly, even though Philly, yeah. Philly is a different scenario because they imploded. Philly imploded. They imploded. Whereas and, Detroit, and I know Detroit is Detroit... actually doing well sorry yeah camera fell off so i mean detroit's playing really well if they have a weakness it's the pass defense but like i said i think they can just strictly focus on that they don't have to be worried so much about the run and i i think they'll be okay yeah so my my mind is saying you know detroit wins by 10 points probably or more but the loins the gut (laughs) The feeling, the sensation. Goes Tampa Bay on Tampa. a game-winning field goal, bro. That's just oh, that's man. how it goes. Oh man. Well, no, that's not even of, 
not even analytically speaking. I'm just going pure off gut on that pick. Just just straight feeling, no statistics, no, no previous plays, because none of honestly, that Honestly, if that were the case, like last week, you should have you should go against Tampa Bay's opponent. But yeah, whatever. Yeah. They've proved me wrong. I thought they were gonna only win three games this year. So <laughs> that's true. And here they are. Uh speaking of a team that was only supposed to win three games, the Ravens are now playing the Texans, who have kind of yeah. come out of kind of come out of nowhere this year and showed that they are much more than that. Uh what are your initial thoughts on this game? <sighs> It's it's a repeat of last week for me. It's I want one team to win. Mm-hmm. You know, this magical story that Houston's going on is really awesome to follow. I believe, though, that this is the end of the road for them, right? I think that this is the year Lamar finally kind of gets the playoff stigma monkey off of his back, you know, for historically underperforming in the playoffs. Um, I think he's one and four in the playoffs. He doesn't have a great winning record. He's constantly overperformed in the regular season and underperformed in the postseason. But I think this is the year that Lamar finally breaks that mold and becomes a playoff performer. Right. And if that's the case, I got to go with Baltimore. They statistically, they're better on pretty much every category. Best rush offense in the NFL. Their defense is the best in the NFL. Lamar is the MVP of the league, most likely, unless you want to vote for CMC. Um, and I just think that's too much for Houston to handle. However, that's exactly what I thought with Cleveland. I thought that their defense was too much for Cle- or for Houston to over. I thought that Cleveland's defense was too much for Houston's offense to overcome. That was not the case. Um. The only difference is Baltimore doesn't really have a suspect offense. They have Lamar Jackson at quarterback, not Joe Flacco. So that's what I'm going with. You bring up you bring up a great point. I'm going with the Ravens twin because they are not the Browns offensively and they have Lamar Jackson. That's gonna be the biggest difference in this game. I mean, the Ravens are also the best rushing team in the NFL, like you mentioned, so they will I think they will likely control and dictate much of this game in terms of ball control. Um, Yeah, just playing how they want to play, and I don't think Cleveland was able to do that. You know, C.J. Stroud will continue to be a star. I think it'll be a close game, but the Ravens are one of the most well-rounded teams in the NFL, and the Texans aren't quite on that level yet as a team. I believe in C.J. Stroud. I think he'll have a good game. I think it will be close and competitive because of him. But the rest of the roster, you know, they need to be able to run the ball a little better. I think their defense did play good against Cleveland, but it's Lamar Jackson, right? Like, I know the Texans have a good rush defense, but having a rush defense against running backs and then having to account for Lamar as well is kind of a different animal. And, you know, I I know the Ravens look a little weak in their pass offense, 21st pass offense, but I honestly think too, if Houston makes Lamar play QB to beat them, that he's going to, I think they have the weapons. And I think, you know, despite what people say, make him play QB and you'll win. I don't think that's true. I think you make him play QB and he's going to beat you this year. I think he's become that type of player. And, you know, I don't, I don't think it's that difficult to go with the Ravens. I do think a competitive, a competitive, competitive game. However, I love me some C.J. Stroud. 
you know, bubble top five quarterback. Crazy to say, right? I don't think there's five quarterbacks that if I'm picking for the next 10, 15 years that I would pick definitively over CJ. There's not. Yeah, there's not. Lamar just so happens to be one of those dudes. I'm Mm -hmm. putting all my chips in the Lamar table. He is constantly undervalued, and this is the year he just says, screw you to everybody. Mm-hmm. I really feel so. So Baltimore wins this game. If Houston wins, man, a lot more storylines. But if Baltimore wins, it's exactly what everyone expects. And it's funny because if Houston wins, I actually feel like that says more about C.J. Stroud than it does Baltimore, to be honest. Like, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it says a lot about Houston's new head coach. You know, the young guys they've been able to draft and develop. But, like, I think it'll just put that C.J. Stroud hype train at an all-time high if they are able to pull this off. Like, people are going to probably be picking the Texans to win the Super Bowl and stuff if they do beat the Ravens, which I guess if they beat them, I mean, they're probably capable if they are able to win this game. But I don't don't think they're going to. I think this is the end of the Texan season. That's definitely the most interesting outcome is if Houston yeah. actually pulls this off. Um, however, I can't go against Baltimore. They Again, since week three, I thought they were the favorite in the AFC. So it's a very similar to the uh, San Francisco pick. Is I kind of stuck with them all year. So I'm going to – that doesn't change my mind now, right? But what scares me is I had the same exact justification of last week with these two teams, Green Bay and Houston. They're young, you know, they're inexperienced, and the two teams that they're playing I kind of like better, and I've kind of been picking them all year, especially with Dallas, and then they end up proving me wrong. So if that were to happen, crazy storylines, but you can't pick against Baltimore in this gun. Yeah, I feel I feel better. Like you said, Green Bay and Houston are in similar scenarios as the playoffs have kind of gone on so far. You know, kind of with nothing to lose. Yeah, they don't know any better in a way, right? Like they haven't experienced this before, so they kind of they don't really have that pressure that the 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 Dallas has or the Ravens have, uh, or even the Niners have if they were to lose to Green Bay, like. They don't have that this year. It's all about, you know, this would be the most fun scenario. Screw it. Get the Jordan Love, CJ Stroud Super Bowl going. Like, Yeah, that'd be awesome. Who's to say that wouldn't be the most fun scenario? But, you know, but we don't have that pressure put on those two teams or those two guys this season. So, like you said, they don't really have much to lose right now. Yeah. So, And then moving on to the... Last playoff game, you know, familiar mm. foes, kind of a rivalry game for sure. We got the Bills versus the Chiefs in Buffalo. What are you thinking about this game? Mahomes versus Allen part three. Sign me up, dude. Oh, yes. I mean, this really is the closest thing we've got to Manning-Brady rivalry. Constantly meeting each other in the playoffs and one constantly always beating the other, right? <laughs> so that's why I'm going with KC. Uh, okay. okay. I'm going with KC. Mahomes has constantly bested Allen in the playoffs. Regular season, not so much in the playoffs. He's 
two and zero versus uh, Mahomes or versus Allen. Uh, my only thing is if Josh Allen plays like Superman, they could win the Super Bowl, right? Oh yes, oh yes. My thing is, I think this is the game he's going to play a little bit more like Clark Kent. Mm. That's how much I believe in Kansas City's defense. I also think that Kansas City has circled this game on their calendar ever since that uh, loss in the regular season with what they called a suspect offsides call, where reality, that was not the case. He was clearly offsides. Yeah, that wasn't even close. Um, but I do think there's a little bit more of an edge on the part of Kansas City because of that. And Mahomes with an edge is the scariest football player to play against. So that's why I'm rolling with Kansas City, simply because Patrick Mahomes has never not made the AFC Championship, and I will not bet against that ever until it doesn't happen. So fair enough. that's my logic there. Yeah, I'm going to disagree with you on this one. I'm going with the Bills to win this game, still keeping with my uh, first-round prediction of them uh, going to, on to play the Ravens. They're one of the hottest teams in the NFL. These two teams are very familiar with each other, but I don't think it's going to be the shootout we're used to. Uh, I think this game is going to be more in the 20s this year. I think for Kansas City to win, they're actually going to have to be able to run the ball better than they have been. Um this is also Patrick Mahomes' first road playoff game. He's never played on the road before in a True. playoff game. He should be fine. He should be fine. But just something to keep an eye on, something to watch. I think the competitor he is, though, like I believe in him to be great. Regardless, just something to note. Um, when it comes down to it, I just don't think KC has the offensive weapons to be able to win this game. I only see them Fair. winning if they run the ball well. And if Josh Allen turns over the ball a lot, kind of like you think he will um i think you know josh allen is kind of the sharpest he's been all season right now so i think he's going to be more in his superman mode you know it might have a turnover but that's not going to kill them it's just once you start getting those multiple turnovers stacked up that's when it really starts to matter no i agree buffalo is the better team in terms of talent um they have a quarterback that is the closest thing to going toe-to-toe with Mahomes, which gives you the best chance to beat him. But, you know, I've never not seen Mahomes in a title game. Yeah. So why would I vote against that now? It might be a lazy analytical take, but oftentimes the common sense take is the right one. So I'm not going to bet against the Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes trio because they've always made it to the conference championship uh, ever since Mahomes started playing quarterback for them. And it just sucks that this game isn't in the conference championship game. Um, But if Allen finally gets over the hump, he's going to have to do very similarly what he did to Pittsburgh. Right, because he kind of just backpacks this offense. That's just who he is. You know, he scores all of the touchdowns, whether he's passing it or running it in. And I think that Kansas City's defense will make him make somebody else beat them. You know, Josh Allen plays a lot like the Brett Favre's and the John Elways of the world. I think that's a good comparison for him. Both great QBs who kind of turned over the ball a lot because they were a little reckless, but 
both those guys have Super Bowl wins. And I really do think that Josh Allen has a chance and this year might be his chance. Cause I think I said, I think the bills are kind of that number three team right now in the NFL. And I think if Josh Allen is playing really well and he, and he lowers his turnovers that they could completely, they could totally beat the Ravens or the Niners. I think, I just think he's that kind of guy and they have a good team around him. So, you know, I really don't, see the Chiefs having that team this year. It has nothing to do with Patrick Mahomes either. Nothing to do with Mahomes. I completely believe in that guy. Right? I don't want to bet against him, but I'm going to just because from what we've seen all year for them to all of a sudden turn it around and be a different team would really surprise me. Kind of like the Dallas thing. I didn't or even Miami. I didn't think either of those teams would come in, turn it around and all of a sudden be a different team. You know, at this point in the year, you kind of are who you are and you know buffalo was able to turn it around earlier in the year but to turn it around this late in the year i just don't see happening you're a hundred percent correct about everything you said kansas city has never looked more vulnerable than this year and buffalo over the last six weeks has honestly never looked better mahomes is in my opinion, the best quarterback to ever play football in terms of his talent. Mm -hmm. He hasn't played as long as Tom Brady yet, so he hasn't won as much. And I am not going to pick against him until Until it happens. There's a reason to. Fair enough. It's it's not the the smartest analytical take because Buffalo is a better football team. They're playing better. They're in, they have more momentum. They're at home. They don't. They're at home, right? In Mahomes, we trust. <laughs> oh man. Do you have anything else you want to add on these NFL playoffs before you know we kind of sit back and watch this weekend? It it's going to be a wild divisional round. I'm so glad again that Green Bay and Houston won because it makes for awesome storylines heading into these games. Um, they're just facing two juggernauts of teams. And I'm so glad that, uh, you know, Buffalo proved me right against those Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Sorry, Pittsburgh. Hey, shout out Steelers fans. Shout out the Bills for, Bills for winning, though. If you like what you watch, don't forget to check us out on Spotify or watch us on YouTube. Like and subscribe our videos. Just helps out the channel a lot. We appreciate it. And until next time, thanks, guys.